Welcome to the Westside Investors Network. Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. Just a quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments or take any other action. And now, AJ and Chris Shepard. Hello, and welcome to the Westside Investors Network. This year, we're launching a new segment on the show, The Deal Deep Dive. These are mini episodes where our featured guests will share their unique stories on a specific deal they've participated in. We will go deep on all aspects of the deal, from finding it to making the offer, due diligence, and more. Do us a solid and smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and further your investing journey. Welcome to the Deal Deep Dive on the Westside Investors Network. We've got David McElwain from Mac Assets. David, you got a deal for us. Well, I have a deal that's been closed. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, Okay, so the so the deal's in Leavenworth, Kansas. It's called Stonely Apartments. It's a 156-unit deal. We bought it in July of 2020. And it is a two-campus process. There's 108 units on one side with three-story garden-level apartments. And on the second campus, about a mile and a half away, are 48 units that are all quadplexes. Fascinating thing about this one is the quadplexes were built on Fort Leavenworth during World War II and moved over to this campus in the 60s. During due diligence, we actually had one of our tenants describe to us how they moved them because he was part of the process moving them. And now he's living in them 40 years later. Fascinating stuff. That is very fascinating. I haven't heard that one yet. The 40 yeah, it was the new one for me too. I was like, oh God, do I really want to buy this? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, how did you find the deal? So I got in a multifamily and I started looking through trying to find broker relationships. And what I did is I pulled up a recent report on comps and had all the brokers listed. So I went and started calling every broker that had sold a deal in the marketplace in the last 90 days or 180 days. And I found a broker who had a deal that was floundering. And it was floundering because it was overpriced and the seller was price proud. So I started talking to him and I didn't know enough to know the difference. So I dug in and talked to a partner of mine who actually had bought the first deal from the broker. Turns out the partner that I was working with had some inside information that no one else in the market had on what her rents were doing at a comparable property a mile away. And from looking at those rents, we were able to underwrite the property to a place that the pricing wasn't outrageous compared to what reality was. And so I was able to come in and buy a tired old listing that everybody had abandoned without competition because I had a piece of inside information that the market caught up with. It's really kind of an interesting story of asking the right questions and then learning what was going to work from there. Yeah, that seems like a great strategy to get your foot in the door, reaching out to brokers who've sold deals recently and then talking with investors who bought properties recently. That's Yeah, you're marrying the data. Yeah. So you mentioned about how you underwrote the deal. So what was your plan for the asset? 
It's a value add plan. It's had a lot of deferred maintenance and it had a tremendous amount of loss to lease. So we were actually able to underwrite anywhere from a $150 to $400 per door lift and rent after renovations. Our average renovation rent was $250 a door. So our plan was to go in, cure deferred maintenance, fix the poor operation that was in place, and drive occupancy. And that's exactly what we've done. We've been able to actually implement rent raises greater than the per door that we forecast. It's taken longer than we thought, COVID and you know supply chain issues and inflation and those kinds of things. However, it's going along quite smoothly from that chair. Do you want to dive in a little bit more on your renovations? So exterior renovations and then interior unit renovations? Yeah. So on the exterior, we went in and we painted. There was actually on the west side where the duplexes were, or the quadplexes, pardon me, there was a pool that had been abandoned for over 12 years. We raised the pool, refilled it, put it into a park area. We've now reclaimed that land as a picnic area and a barbecue area and a place for kids. These units are three, one and a half, three, two units. So they're larger units or 1200 square feet. So there's a lot of families that live there. So we felt it was important to create play space for children. And I was actually there earlier this week and we saw kids playing football on the ground. So it was really rewarding to see that. We did add some roofing repairs. We added in exterior lighting where needed. We did new gutters throughout because there was some wood damage that had occurred from previous poor drainage. Exterior-wise, we also fixed the dog park. We fixed the other pool and the other asset. We did some parking lot repairs. A lot of 101, just refreshing and bringing back to life a valuable asset. From the interior side, the previous owner had a hodgepodge of Home Depot and Lowe's finishes. So we put out a uniform paint scheme. We came in and put in LVT vinyl flooring where it was valuable. We added in new carpet. Some places we had to replace new bath surrounds. Some places we had to do new bath vanities, new kitchen cabinets. Some we were able to salvage and paint. We also brought in a system-wide water conservation program. This property had a very high water bill and they had a lot of water issues. So that was able to help us reduce water consumption, which obviously affects our bottom line, which affects our valuations. So those are some of the big expenses we went to. Nothing that was you know, crazy. We didn't go down to studs, but the bath surrounds were a surprise. During due diligence, we didn't find some water leaks that we found after operation. And that's one of the challenges when you do due diligence on a property of this size is making sure that you look for those damages you can't see behind the walls. And that's one of those things that sometimes you just get caught with, you know, and you have to have a plan for some contingency dollars. Indeed. Okay. So back to kind of closing the transaction, Mm -hmm. how did that go? How did the negotiations go? And what kind of loan did you get? I've got a bridge on the deal that we're going to term to perm as a 36-month bridge. We ended up buying rate caps. So it's a variable rate product that we paid for the rate cap so that we're protected on the upside. I used a woman named Brandy Shotwell with Reno Capital, and it was a great lending experience. I highly recommend her. So there's your shout out, Brandy. (laughs) As far as the negotiations go, the seller was, like I said earlier, fairly price proud and was pretty rigid. And I had known from doing some other due diligence that the seller wasn't very 
flexible. I also spent three hours touring the property with the seller. So I had the time to build a relationship with this individual and learn what their hot buttons were. So I tried to work through that. Obviously, there was no competition. So that was to my advantage. They had two properties for sale and I bought one of the two and walked away from the other one. So that was a little bit of a step through the flower bed to be careful about how not to offend the seller on property A and keep the seller happy on property B. But I worked with a broker and I was very candid with him and told him my pros and my cons. And we negotiated through three or four different items over the course of time. And it probably took us, the LOI period was 10 days or less. And the getting the PSA written was probably 30 to 35 days. So all in all, not bad. And then we closed in 60 and we had to have one extension of about 15 days. So we closed, it was about a hundred day process all sold, all told. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Get things done while you're on the move. Learn more about working with a virtual assistant through offsite professionals. It's a great way to get all the things done that you need to get done. Have freedom in your time and streamline your life by automating your business. Stop spending time on the tasks that you can delegate and start spending more time on your superpower. Call us today at 503-446-3177 or visit our website at offsiteprofessionals.com. Uh, can I dig into that bridge loan a little bit? Like what LTV did you get? And then is the bridge the entire thing or did you get some sort of financing and then a bridge for the construction or like... I guess kind of so maybe explain that we a little went, bit more for our audience. We went to bridge loan because like a bridge loan really is a harbinger of space and time, right? Yeah. And so we used a bridge loan because we were going to do so much CapEx. Our CapEx budget was in the mid millions. And so we didn't want to have to raise that much money in addition to the purchase price because then it would be dilutive to our returns for our investors. So with a bridge, we were able to get an 80% loan to purchase price, loan to value note plus 100% of CapEx. And we ended up at about an 83% loan to cost leverage. So it was a pretty good scenario for us. And at the time we got the thing, we got it at, I think, four and a half, four and three eighths, maybe somewhere in that range. I don't quite remember the exact number. I, sh- I have it written down. And buying the hedge on the upside allowed us to take the variable rates. We were really happy with it because the apartment complex, while at 91% occupancy, was not stabilized enough for us to get good agency debt on. And so we went the bridge to perm basis for a couple of reasons. One was that we could get greater leverage. Two, we expect with the cap rate situation in that marketplace to continue to be flat and not necessarily climb to the negative. We did underwrite for it climbing to the negative, but as long as the cap rate stays flat to where we purchased it, we'll be able to cash out to our investors about 60% of their dollars at refi, which obviously is then a home run. You get 60% of your money back, you keep your asset, you don't dilute your asset, and we continue to make our returns. It's a good scenario. So that's why we went that route. Was it two separate people on the loan and then the bridge or was it all one? No, it's all the same lender. All the same lender. And then is that- All the same lender. Is your CapEx coming out on a draw as you do the work? Yes, it is coming out on a draw as we do the work. And that's a sticky wicket because you've got to be able to- (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) You know, this is the thing that no one talks about. They talk about the sexy parts, but the sticky wicket is that you got to be able to pay your vendors- 
you got to be able to pay the bank. The bank wants proof that you've paid the vendors from the last draw before they'll give you the money for the next draw. And you're really robbing Peter to pay Paul the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's a very unique balancing act. And if the draws take a long time, it can really put strain and pressure on the asset. Yeah. And, and vendor relationships. And I'm sure. And vendor relationships, yes. You know, when you're getting the deal and you're presenting all that stuff to the lender too, like your budget is just something that's written on paper. I'm not assuming that you guys are getting drawings and like pictures and being like this and that. You know, this is going to get not done. at this level, no. But yeah, we are yeah. doing a budget that is turn specific and dollar I guess allocated. Where, I guess where I'm going is the translation of that to percent complete on your budget is difficult sometimes when you're actually getting that you know representative out in the field and like looking at the stuff and being like, check they actually did complete that. This draw is complete, right? I would say you nailed the, you <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know that I can add much to what you said because that's exactly right. And it, I think that experience is invaluable in working with the bank inspectors on that. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is when we create, one of the key learnings I've had in my, my career so far is that as I create budgets for draws on CapEx with bridge loans, I will have much larger and more robust miscellaneous dollar categories. Cool. Uh, so on this deal, once you do that, have you performed the refinance yet on it? or yeah, you- We're still in the renovation stage. We've only operated it for nine months at this time. We've always found it's very difficult to underwrite refinances. Are you still, is this a plan to sell in like five or six years or? Are you yeah, it's a five-year hold. It's a, it's a five-year hold. So you're going to do like a 36-month bridge loan and then hold it for another five years or are you just doing a five-year total? Five-year total. So we'll go to permanent financing at refi probably. We also have the option on the bridge of being able to take it to one-year extension. So we can decide what the marketplace does, right? And so when we're underwriting it on the refi, you're going to forecast a negative interest rate effect. So I think we forecast a five and a half interest rate on ours. So we're still not there yet. We don't know what the market's going to do in the next 36 months or 18 months at this point in time. That's one of the unknowns, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I always have this like internal struggle in this question and Feel free to answer it however you want. But typically, once you add all that value, so you go through that construction budget, like as a syndicator and a GP, it makes more monetary sense to just sell the property after you've completed the value add than to like restructure it and then hold it, even though, you know, getting your money back, you know, the investors kind of want to stay in it. They're like, I'm committed for five years. So I guess kind of what are your thoughts on that with this deal? I mean, is it something that you might contemplate just selling after you've done the value add and cashing out and moving on to the next one? Or are you really committed to getting that refinance done and holding it for the investors? I'm committed to getting the returns for the investors. Got it. So the French have a phrase, my high school French and college French will be so proud of me to hear this. <laughs> Ça depuis, it depends. And I think that the marketplace will dictate decision-making. Obviously, we have a horizon of five years. We have investors and we have, I work with co-sponsors. So as an asset management team and as a product management team, we will make those decisions based on what the marketplace does. Our worst case scenario is we hold it five years and we hit our returns. Our best case scenario, maybe we hit an IRR of a 30 in three years instead. If you buy an IRR of 15 and you get a 30 and you get it two years earlier, would you be upset about that? 
most people won't. Now, I'm not saying that anybody's listening on the call or listening on the podcast that I'm guaranteeing those numbers. This is a hypothetical if, but the marketplace we can't forecast. I don't have a crystal ball. I can take my experience and forecast what I believe to be best. And I've got to have a plus or minus window in there. I was in Kansas City talking to brokers this week, and they were telling me I could sell it right now for a given rate of X. But the challenge then becomes, as we all know, then what? I sell yeah. it. Then what? Yeah. Well, you got to go work and find another deal. <laughs> <laughs> I like that part. But from an investor point of view, where does that capital go? And what's going to happen in our capital event structure with the tax laws? Yeah. A lot of questions are unknown. So I, yeah, ça depuis. Yeah. Very interesting. So do you guys have a structure where any of your investors can 1031 into another deal or like drop and swap out? Well, as a syndicator, that's the home run, right? Is that you can take your syndication investors from property A to property B to property C. So we're working through that, but the answer is yes. I've got 1031 money in this deal right now, as an example, from one of my co-partners. Interesting. So one of the co-partners entered in as a tenant in common. Yeah. And, tip, and, yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, why, why would you not, right? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Anything else interesting about this deal before we sign off? No, I think it's a great illustration of not every duck is ugly. You know, people thought it was an ugly duckling. And I sat back and I found a piece of internal information that made it a very sexy bird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on. If our thank you for having me. If our listeners want to get a hold of you, what's a good way to get a hold of you? Yeah. Email's David at Mac Assets. And my website is macassets.com. M-A-C assets with an S.com. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing this deal. Have a great day. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. We hope that this episode has increased your knowledge and added value to your path to freedom. If you would, please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone that you know wants to be on, please visit westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form to be on the show. Thank you again and enjoy your day.